2: welcome to dunzo this is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends both real and fake and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear i'm your host troy McKitty. you guys welcome to another spooky episode of dunzo it is me troy McGee. and i'm super super excited about this week's episode because i haven't had this guest on in a long time it's been too fucking long i feel like i'm home again christina laske how are you
1: i'm you know not well bitch no i'm fine <laughs> i'm great i'm doing great i'm so happy to talk to you about this movie
2: I always feel weird asking people how they are right now. I just feel weird. It's a, it's like, it's,
1: I don't think we should be asking that anymore. To I actually, Yeah, I
2: think we should find some new way to greet people because it's like everybody's depressed. So it's like.
1: Or just like honest, like how bad, how bad are you not? And then it can be like, I'm not that bad.
2: That's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> like. <That's> iconic. <laughs> not terrible are you today? How. Yeah. How, yeah. How like in the dumps are you feeling this? What's year?
1: your silver lining today? Yeah, And then people can be like, well, and then that forces people to have to like, look for something to be grateful for.
2: Yeah, well, I'm grateful to be talking to you and I'm grateful that we're talking about this movie.
1: Uh, me too. So grateful.
2: So I guess I should say, if you somehow made it here and didn't click the episode title, I don't know how that happens, but we're talking about the craft this evening. And... This is like, I mean, this is like a milestone spooky season event. Like, this is one of the moments.
1: Yeah, well, and I don't even really think of this. When you were like, think of a horror movie, and I was like, oh, a horror movie. And this is not, definitely not a horror movie, but it does feel like a perfect Halloween spooky movie.
2: Totally. Yeah, it's more of like a, it's like a Halloween thriller.
1: Yeah, the best. Know?
2: Which I love.
1: Uh, it's so good. Well,
2: what's your relationship to this movie? Like, when's the first time you saw it?
1: I was trying to think about that and it came out when I was in sixth grade I think and so I don't remember I probably saw it in the theater and don't really remember but I definitely remember having it on VHS tape and watching it I mean until it went black like it just I wore that thing to the ground um all through like junior high and high school I was watching this movie consistently
2: yeah who wasn't though I mean that's that's like I just found out the other, I think last night that, um, Kara Berry had never seen the craft until like a what? day. Yeah.
1: Is she, is she like our age though? Right? Yes. Wow. I mean, I'm older than you. We always have to, I always, for some reason, have to mention that. Um, <laughs> I'm jealous. Um, but. <laughs> you like fully turn I,
2: into Nancy when you say it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is, there is like something, it's very generational, um like Teen Witch also is like if it didn't catch you when it caught you then like there's no hope you're not gonna appreciate it later and I I wonder if the craft is the same kind of thing I wonder (laughs) if people can watch it now and appreciate it in the same way maybe
2: I know I was not too I was like she I have to ask her that because I don't know I feel like a whole the whole like lore of this movie aside from the fact that it is genuine genuinely a really good film like is that as a kid, like you put yourself in it in a way that's really intense. Like you really, really start to imagine like, God, what would I do given the opportunity to have no restrictions, no boundaries, unlimited money, whatever, like what would I do? And you you
1: have 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 to be be a teenager to really understand, like to have any empathy for how they use their powers. Cause if you're an adult, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is how you're using it. But as a teenager, you're like, of course, this is exactly what I would do. Make a bitch lose her hair. Like a man be your love slave yeah buy a a penthouse yeah be hot yeah exactly it's like same with teen witch we my birthday was last month and um my friend got a projector and so we did like an outdoor socially distanced movie night with just like five of us and they were like what do you want to watch and I was like I don't know and then I just felt like I really want to watch teen witch and half like all the guys that were there was like couples you know and then me uh that's the story of my life but um so the guys hadn't seen it and one of my girlfriends hadn't seen it and then the other two girls had obviously like were you know, of the gospel and we watched it and they're just like, well, is something going to happen? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, she doesn't do any, like nothing happens in this movie. Like she just, she wants to be popular and hot and she is popular and hot. And then she gets the guy like, that's the movie. And it's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like there are more creative ways to use your witchcraft, but we hadn't gotten there yet as a society, you know?
2: Totally. And like, I wrote, I took some notes from this venture venture vulture article venture
1: oh yeah i read that
2: the vulture article about like this movie's legacy yes and they talk about how like witchy stuff is a real like intro to feminism for young girls like because it's really the only you know it's if you think about it it's one of the only things that you see where it's like girls that like look like you like in the movie these girls are teenage teenagers in quotes um they're in high school they are not like you know Spe- they're not like spectacular in any way aside from the fact that they're just teenage girls in high school and then they get powers and like they don't have to live by like the societal rules of a teenage girl anymore you know it's like yeah I didn't really think about it but it is it is so many young girls intro to being like a strong woman is seeing witches
1: for sure and I did like it's interesting because you know like with like the idea that you can be in control of something you know I think is really appealing to yeah. teenagers specifically because you're like under your parents thumb and the idea that you can just kind of will something into existence yeah is like the power behind so many marginalized people's like wish you know where totally. god if I could just fucking like you know kill my stepdad
3: yeah <laughs> or
2: whatever by looking um, at him
1: yeah, which, by the way, uh, I'm jumping all over, but, like, how did he have any money to give them? He looked like he did not have a pot to piss in, that man. Can we um, also talk we... about the fact
2: <laughs> that, like, as a kid, like, I haven't watched this movie in a couple years, maybe, like, a year or so, and for some reason, I was thinking in my head, like, he, the, the lawyer's gonna be like, you were getting $4 million. I
1: know, I know. And when he
2: says $175,000, I'm like, girl, what, you want supermarket sweep? $175,000?
1: I know. I was like, what? And then they moved to like a penthouse in Beverly Hills. And I'm like, bitch, you are staying there for six months tops. Like this is not a, (laughs) but I guess that's kind of the point is that they're not responsible with their, their, you know, but yeah, it was an interesting amount of money. I guess it's like enough to change your life, but not so much that it really changes your life.
2: Yeah. I was Um, like, okay, so you won like third place on big brother. Okay. Right.
1: Right. But then, and then plus the taxes. (laughs)
2: Right. (laughs) Like the way that they freak out about it. Yeah. I mean, of course, if you're given that amount of money, you're going to freak out, but it was just like, it was funny. I was like, Oh my God, that's it.
1: I know. I know. I remember it being a lot. I mean, and even in the nineties with inflation, it's still not that much money in Los Angeles.
2: Yeah. That's the other thing is I was like, they're in LA. Like, yeah where okay, did she guys. move
1: <laughs> yeah to literally beverly hill they're like right in like rodeo drive beverly hills people are shooting off so many fireworks outside my No, it's okay
2: right it's okay um, just wa- watch your hair on your thingy by the way
1: oh right sorry should we that's explain fine. that i'm wearing a 20 dollar wig yeah from can we actually amazon let's explain yeah, so everything
2: I, visually that's happening okay. actually
1: <laughs> let's do that so <laughs> <laughs> you should take a screenshot
2: <laughs> oh I will trust me before the episode's over I think I'm gonna make a compilation of all the screenshots of spooky season
1: that's a good idea
2: so my zoom background right now is Nancy holding a like a Chucky knife her like ah. Mano, her like Manon knife, and she's wild-eyed and Christina is wearing you explain your situation
1: I've got a, um, what I feel like is like a final girls 90s movies wig. It's very like Nev or Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's got bangs, kind of chunky, choppy 90s bangs and a nice wave. And um, I just felt like, I think I got really stoned one night and just decided to order it on Amazon for some reason. And then it came and then we were supposed to do this. And I thought well, great. I'll get in costume. And I'm actually, you can't see this, but I have a plaid skirt on. You do? (laughs) do. Are you wearing tall socks? i i am and i have a white tank top and like a black and like i've got bell sleeves oh you can't see my my background and my and a choker of course and a lot of eye makeup for corona days i mean i haven't put this much makeup on my face and i couldn't even tell you and then the background i have the beginning the very first shot of their pentagon (laughs) witch circle
2: i have to be honest i'm getting lost in the fantasy of your hair like i keep forgetting it's not real like it looks you look like you should have straight across bangs
1: well i do uh, i do do good well in wigs like yeah. i look good in almost all wigs not just because my natural hair is terrible so like anytime i can get my hands on a wig i'm just like bring it on
2: it looks <laughs> I'm really serious. You. like i'm feeling <laughs> it. i'm feeling your final girl fantasy
1: thank you i also brought i have this candle here that i thought i would light ceremoniously for us
2: oh my god yes i am this okay. is a
1: a 420 candle that my my sweet best friend got for me for my birthday but um it smells like an ex-boyfriend of mine and so I don't light it much but um it's happening right now you give are us a, all the good vibes you
2: are a witchy <laughs> woman right now I'm into it I, yeah, I do I'm you. wearing
1: rings yeah you I, do it. I,
2: I call to the guardians of the watchtowers of the west
1: Hall um, to the Guardians of the Watchtower. How, why does she say that line like that? Have you ever noticed how every time Robin Tenney has like a line where she's saying something part of their incantations, she says it in this really bizarre monotone, like, hail to the Guardians of the Watchtower. She's what
2: like, we about? She's like, I invoke thee.
1: Yeah, it's really bizarre. Anyway, sorry, go ahead.
2: She does that a lot though in like all of her movies. I feel like that's just like her, like being in like an in quotes actor. It's like an a, a weird like actor thing that you would only do if you were like on screen.
1: Speaking <laughs> of weird actor things, I feel like Nev Campbell is like the breathiest actress. Every time she delivers a line, it's like a mid orgasm or like yeah. she's on a roller coaster. And I I realize that she does this in every movie all the time, and it's always like the breathiest. And I just wonder where do you think she got that from. <laughs>
2: Well, on this podcast, I call them um, they're like Nevisms. They're like, me and my best friend Katie are obsessed with them. Uh, we literally talk about them probably once a week. I'm not even kidding. It's just Nev's breathy acting. Yeah. It uh, mid-orgasm is a better way to describe it though, because it is like it's like sensual sometimes. It's
1: like edging. It's like edging on yeah. orgasm. Like <laughs> <it's> doing <dewy. laughs> yeah. like yeah. it's just kind of like what is happening? No, I dewy. guess it's her being scared but like
2: well I always say that this movie has one of the best nevisms when the when the the pencil moment
1: oh yes
2: because that's something that I think I've there is literally no other person no other actress that I can think of that can do something like that that can like emote with their breath in the way that she does she literally (laughs) is blank staring she doesn't say anything and she just goes and it's like it tells you everything
1: it's true she is the queen of the breath
2: I love in this fucking movie.
1: Yeah, she's great. I love that this and Scream were the same year. And it was like her and Skeet had just quite a fucking year that year. I know. Can you imagine? Oh, God.
2: I just recently got into, uh, I've been reading a lot of like Nev, just old articles and like old tabloid things and blind items and stuff. And I was reading about her relationship with um, John Cusack what yeah when was that it was like at the peak of her career is when she started dating him what's that mid 90s yeah
1: okay he was
2: super this is how crazy this is so he was like super 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 abusive like very abusive to her and he's sort of the reason that her career got derailed like there's 10 years of articles about it that like even when she was promoting that skyscraper movie with the rock people were writing about how she like doesn't really she's never really been been able to like regain what she had because she lost her confidence from that fucker
1: but what what happened
2: john Keysack? just he was
1: just mean to her like Horrible. i want to know like what how i want like the fucking juicy ass details i'll send you I all had the no things. idea. Yeah. Did you do a smush room on this?
2: <laughs> no, I haven't. I mean, I've never done an episode on her at all. Well, yeah, no, not like a full one,
1: right? Just scream the screams and yeah, yeah. <gasps> Whoa, I had no idea. That's yeah. very fascinating.
2: Yeah, apparently he's like a maniacal piece of shit, and it's like, you know, there's like certain things that if you like, obviously you have to take everything with a, a grain of salt. Grain of salt is it a grain of salt or grain yeah, of sand. That's
1: right, salt.
2: Sometimes I say sand. You're like Jax
1: Taylor now. (laughs) You're in your full Jax Taylor transition.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can take everything with a a grain of dirt. Um, dirt.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, well, it is salt. Now you've got me confused, but yeah, grain of salt. So I take everything
2: I read with a grain of sand. Yes.
3: Um,
2: But like, you know, when you read articles like that, that span like a decade like there's like a decade of articles written about how profound that relationship was in her life and how it fucked her up and how everybody in Hollywood knows that that's why she doesn't act anymore and it's really it's like intense I'll send it to you.
1: I didn't know I, I feel out of the loop.
2: I was out of the loop to... too and I thought I loved Nev I, I guess I didn't.
1: No you didn't not 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 appropriately neither did I apparently.
2: Um, I also just want to point out that this is ironically the second movie that I've done I just recently did Carrie and I listened to it okay good so this movie reminds me a lot of Carrie in the sense that like this is a movie about this is a movie where there's no like clear villain there's no like slasher villain there's no guy running around killing people with a knife the villain in this movie is just girl like female like young female power
1: well, right. And that's why there's some things that I find to be a little problematic about this movie. Ooh, tell me. <laughs> well, I love it, you know? And I think that I went along thinking, and we all did in the 90s, that this was like an empowering female empowerment movie. Right. Um, but it was written by a man. And it's like, to me, the t- big takeaway is like, you cannot trust anyone and not even your female friends that like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going to tell someone your deep, dark secrets and be vulnerable and they're going to use all of that against you. And there wasn't even any kind of resolution of that They just throw Nancy into a fucking mental institution. Like that's fuck. You know what I mean? Like I just had never registered any of that stuff when I was young, but I think right. it seeped into me without even realizing it because it's not really empowering. Like the, the other girls, like no one really learns anything You know what I mean? Um, Like the other girls still are bitchy to her at the end, even though they kind of come like trying to be nice. They're still sort of like, well, you don't have your powers anyway, you know? And it's like, oh, so women are evil. And like you said, the villain in the movie is like her female power. Like that's kind of fucked up too. And I just haven't really, I think because it's a different time, I just didn't, I think it was empowering to women at the time. But now looking at it with fresh eyes, I'm kind of like, oh, that's interesting like i learned from this movie how to cut my wrist the right way and i learned yeah. how <laughs> True, to, yeah. how to dress for sure that is a good lesson
3: oh for sure that i
1: took from this um but yeah i mean right like it's just kind of like so don't trust your friends and don't yeah. like trust your intuition and female power because it could go wrong and kill everybody and i don't know
2: <laughs> no you're right i mean i think that the end of this movie does leave it leaves you feeling sort of like, well, okay. Yeah, like nobody, yeah, you're right. Nobody learned anything really. And Nancy is just fully like punished for like leaning into her power. And it was like a dark power, but like it was her, it was her power. Like that was what she was into. You know what I mean? And she just got yeah. punished for it. And there was no like arc for her. She's just a crazy woman getting shots in her thigh. And like, yeah, they don't. They don't mend anything. They don't really learn anything and they're still fucking mean.
1: Yeah. But I, that said, I love this fucking movie. You totally. Know? So, but I, and I wonder if the new version will kind of subvert that part of it. You know, like you, totally. it looks like it's very, very similar, but I wonder if the ending will be a little bit less, um, kind of shitty, you know, not shitty, but like shitty feeling, like we're just like, oh, so we're all just. Yeah. Go our separate ways, and you made me. I mean, the things that she does at the end, regardless of the snakes and stuff, which, like, what do they say, ten thousand real snakes in that scene? I can't yeah. even fucking imagine. But regardless of that, like, making her think that her her dad died when her mom already died, like, that's fucking evil, man. I know like it was dark, traumatic.
0: It was dark, and what I will say
2: as as a, I guess, like a.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Again, yeah, I do
2: love this movie. And the only thing that I don't really like about it, to be honest, is the ending. But I do like the way that they build their friendships. And I like the this, this sort of slow burn of them like getting to know each other and them like trusting each other and then like, you know, that peak moment of where they're connected and like they were like are really bonded and like everything's good feels so good. Cause yeah. I do think the movie does a good job of like making you think that these people actually have a genuine connection with each other, whether it's good or bad.
1: Totally. And I think that structurally it's like almost perfect where it never kind of lags. It does all the right things in all the right places where you're like, Oh, I'm on this ride, you know? And then when they start, when it starts working and everything's like super fun. And I love, love when Skeet is her, well, my favorite, my favorite thing is when Skeet, when she first comes to school and she's talking to Skeet and he's like, so like, what are you going to do after school? And she's like, I don't, I don't know. And he goes, I'm busy. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh no, that is like such a specific man that we all need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to watch him be her love slave in that church, he does such a good job. It's just so, so, so
2: good. I know. I know. And I love when he's like, well, why don't you like come to my house or whatever? And she's like, no. And then he like very clearly is upset about it. And she goes, are you mad? And he was like, no, no. <laughs> it's like, that is, so oh. again, watch out.
1: It's really realistic in that, I mean, (laughs) realistic, but you know, like it's very like true to life. I think what you were saying too about the way that the the relationships bond, like how the bonds form, I think is all super, it feels like a very good pace. I buy it, you know, it all works perfectly.
2: I actually wrote down a little bit, we were talking earlier about um, this Vulture article from 2017 about the movie. And I wrote this quote from it that I thought was super interesting where they talk about, their friendships um it says the craft earned generation earned a generation of devoted fans because of how it charts the friendships between these four girls its tentative beginnings the joys of its strengths the and its ultimate downfall in ways that ring true for any young woman who has who has had a sisterly connection that grows painfully toxic one of its most memorable scenes in this regard is a sleepover at bonnie's home it's effortless effortlessly communicated uh, it effortlessly communicates the bliss that comes from the more simple yet fiercely important friendships that bloom between young girls in high school. As they eat candy, smoke cigarettes, and make lewd jokes, they grant the film its authenticity. Sarah suggests a game that's actually more of a ritual. Rochelle lays down while her friends chant, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Their fingers tuck underneath underneath her as they close their eyes and concentrate. And (laughs) when they they open their eyes to see she's levitating, their faces move from shock to delight as they realize the power that comes when they join together. And it's true. Like those, I I do think that there's something about the fact that the most iconic scenes of the movie are not the end when they're like trying to kill each other. It's when they're friends.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's true. And again, the bus. We are the weirdos, mister. Yeah it's so good it's It's so so good
2: good. those are the memorable scenes like them walking in slow motion at the peak of them being bonded through the courtyard is like it's iconic for a reason you know it's
1: true yeah it's true I was reading something that said like that's kind of how they sold the movie is people still weren't sold on you know four girls four teenage girls leading a movie yet and uh, they just did a slow-mo of the four girls walking and they set it to Portis head and then the studios are like we get it we'll buy it (laughs) oh there's like tits bouncing I was gonna say yeah Yeah, we're into it (laughs) we'll take it
2: slow motion (laughs) rock hard nipples bouncing in the air like okay yeah Yeah,
1: we get it we we can see it we can see it (laughs) but a feminist tale we're in yeah Um, yeah
2: (laughs) also too it's like if you think about it every teenage every teen movie has a slow motion walking moment
1: Yes. You know what I mean? And the fact I, I that eat that's- I and Jawbreaker.
2: Yeah. Like that's one of the only ones that people really, really talk about. It's one of the only like real gif, slow motion, high school teen movie walking moments for a reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple good ones. That one is, the that is probably number one. I mean, the Jawbreaker one is very good.
2: That is really and good.
1: There's a Mean Girls one, but that's so far after this that it's like, I feel like that's almost a nod to this uh, totally. trope. So um, yeah, it's, um, oh, I forgot it. Well, keep going. I'll, I'll think of it. <laughs> well, I think that we should talk
2: about the fact that uh, Farooza life is like kind of this movie, <laughs> like- She's yeah. like literally Nancy, and she basically is Nancy. Like, yeah, she. Um, I've heard this story be told two different ways. The way that I originally heard was that she grew up with her family owning a store like this, like the store in the movie, and then oh. that she was able to, um, like, kind of guide them on like the spells and the rituals and like the language and all the terms and all the stuff. Um, All of it was really authentic because she literally owned, like, they replicated that store after the one that she owned. But then I read, I was looking at IMDb, and the story has been updated to her, like, buying the store and then selling it to, like, some other person. But years and years and years ago, I read that she grew up owning, her family owned a store like that, basically.
1: That's interesting. I definitely did hear, because I also watched this little behind-the-scenes documentary that, um like was a special feature and she was like already into this stuff like that's already definitely a thing like before she got this part she was already into this and I guess she thought it was going to be like maybe kind of lame and so she wasn't into doing it but her agency managers were like no you gotta do it and thank god she did I mean
2: oh my god
1: can you imagine
2: she is like oh she for me is like the premier 90s like weird girl
1: yeah yeah like just and i wish she was in more movies but i mean this is like her this is so her that it's yeah. hard to even imagine what 90s movies i would put her in because i don't even want her to betray this which is terrible <laughs> to say but it's also uh did you ever watch that weird um alice in wonderland the looking glass movie she was in the real super dark alice in wonderland movie she was in as a kid oh return um, to oz no I, know, I never return saw that oz?
2: i know what you're talking about oh my about,
1: though. <sighs> troy it used to scare the shit out of me as a kid is it good? i should rewatch that i don't remember because it's i mean it's creepy like i haven't seen it since i was little but it's fucking creepy but she's i mean she's perfect she's like dark alice
2: she's like either nancy or vicky valencourt for me
1: what's vicky valencourt <gasps>
2: that's her character in waterboy
1: Oh. <laughs> wow, I haven't seen that in a long time.
2: She's like his hillbilly princess, you know.
1: Oh, god. I don't even remember. I should watch that again too. I'm going to write that great. down. She's
2: I mean, that she's great in it and she's I, so funny.
1: I can't even imagine her in like a comedy like like an Adam <laughs> Sandler movie.
2: She's so fucking Maybe funny. Maybe I've never
1: seen Waterboy. In Maybe. Waterboy she's
2: like Creole.
1: Oh my God, I'm dead for that. I got to watch that.
2: And then obviously American History
1: X. Oh, right, right, right. Well, you know? that and that tracks. But I just totally. want, I wish she was in more. I just want her more. I got to write something for her. Is <laughs> she still acting?
2: Yeah, she was actually just recently in a movie that I watched. Because I, um, all I do now is just watch Shudder.
1: Right.
2: It's like the that only, right. yeah, it's like the only app I really watch anything on anymore. Like I don't watch TV anymore. I just watch horror movies um and she was in a movie recently about this group of people that like go to it's not an air I want to say it's an Airbnb it could be and like things happen to them there
1: oh I'm into that is it like is it like good thriller horror is it like gross I don't like a slap I don't like um like a torture porn horror movie but I like a like it's spooky a thriller. or thrillery yeah
2: it's very, very thrillery. It's not, it's not torture porny at all. And she just That's has, um, let me look at the name of it real quick. She has yeah, a cameo in it. Oh, it's
1: just a cameo. Okay.
2: It's a cameo, but it's like really, really, really impactful. She kind of gets the ball rolling on the movie and she's just, she's like leans into being psychotic and creepy and weird. Like, like, uh, Carrie's mom oh. just full out. I'm a fucking weirdo.
1: She's the best in that way. But also in a way where, like, I want to watch her, but I feel like I would be scared of her in real life. You know, like I oh, would totally. if I saw her at like a party, I would be terrified to see yeah. her.
2: I'd be like, uh, I feel like her eyes would pierce me in a way that made me feel like too seen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like seen and like not, and like she sees all the bad stuff. Like, yeah,
2: she's, she's, she's looking she's got, through
1: me. Yeah, she's reading.
2: It's called Trespassers, the movie.
1: Trespassers. Okay, I'm gonna find that. Well, and I also wanted to talk about um, Andrew Fleming, the director. Okay. Because he did um, that movie Threesome before this. Did you ever see that movie, Threesome?
3: Hmm.
2: Who's in it? I don't think so.
1: I forget who's in it, but I remember it from my youth and I think it's got like that guy. Are you looking at a computer? Can you look? Yeah,
2: Yeah. It's called Threesome.
1: Yeah. It's got that guy that's you know from <laughs> I is told he, you. Is I'm he an like, actor? Yeah, he's an actor. He's white. He's a white straight man. It's so Oh, it's got more from Boyle? Oh yeah, there you go. That's the girl in it. And then oh. it's like the and they have like I remember having a bit of a sexual awakening to that movie when I was a kid and I really want to rewatch it. But he did that one first and then he did The Craft and then he did Dick, which I fucking love. Yes, I love uh, that movie. And he did Nancy Drew, which I was with Emma Roberts, and I was an extra in Nancy Drew (laughs) in that movie. And I Tell me more, tell me
3: more. (laughs) I
1: I was a hospital patient. (laughs) I was a hospital patient. And It's in a scene when Emma Roberts is in the hospital and her dad like comes, I forget who plays her dad, maybe John Corbett or something. And he comes like rushing to the hospital. And as they're having their scene, they're wheeling me in a wheelchair behind behind the room. And it's like perfect. It's like the perfect type of extra role.
2: Did yeah. you have any physical
1: interaction with Emma? I did, she was super nice. We like had lunch, like it was a small, there wasn't like a ton of extras. If I haven't done a ton of extra work, but when I did, usually I would try to do it um, where it wasn't like a giant crowd. Although I did do that in um, uh, the holiday. I'm in that big crowd at the end of the holiday when the old man is giving the speech. But other than that, usually I would try to go when it was like a small group. So I went to, yeah, Nancy Drew basically my friend so my best friend growing up Jen her mom is Pam Dixon she's a huge casting director and she cast this movie The Craft and she also cast Nancy Drew so she got me this job she. She was like, hey do you want to go be an extra and I was like sure yeah. and Emma Roberts was super nice but I felt so lame that I was like an extra like we yeah. were chatting and then she was like why are you here and I was like uh I'm <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm being wheeled around You're like I'm a wheelchair lady
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like 19 or something.
2: That's That's amazing. First of all, that's iconic and its own because every single, I mean, it's like, there are no nice things written about Emma Roberts on the internet. None. Every single person who's ever interacted with her is always like, she's mean, she's terrible. She's evil. She's a cunt.
1: Well, we talked about Emma and Evan maybe last time I did your podcast when it was Smush Room, We did Emma and Evan. And I told you the two interactions I've ever had with her are this and then meeting her at a bar at a bar in Los Feliz. She's been like nothing but drunken, smoking, erratic, cocaine, nice.
2: That's matter. what I want. see. That's <laughs> what I picture. And it's what I want. Like, I want her yeah. to be a little frazzled, chain smoking. Yes. Like, oversharing maybe a bit. Like, that's my demo. I, we would I think you got to
1: catch her on, like, a night. You know, you got to catch her in the right, the right vibe. And right. also, Nancy Drew, she was, like, not famous yet. That was, like, that's you know, true. that was pretty early. So she was just being, like, sweet, like a sweet teenager. But when I saw her at the bar, she was definitely, like, having a good time. So I caught her on a, a good night.
3: <laughs>
2: Damn. That's so good. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it would be different if it was, like... Like if you caught her at the bar during like the premiere of Screen Queen season one, maybe things would have been a little bit different
1: yeah exactly well and also i had cigarettes and she was out so i think that'll make you someone like that's best friend real fast yeah
2: especially (laughs) if you're drunk
1: carry cigs yeah
2: (laughs) especially if you've been
1: drinking but anyway i didn't realize that andrew fleming had done those movies and when i looked them up i was like oh that's a fun fact to share but also i fucking love dick i didn't realize and like all of these are very like female centric right um movies so it's uh, i don't know i just sort of found it interesting and now he does he's directing emily in paris which i haven't seen but also female centric
2: did you read his quote on imdb where he said while they were filming that spooky things kept happening i love shit like this
1: yeah right they the main thing i heard was that when they were doing the circle at the beach that the waves came like every time they did the chant the waves would come up and then um washed away the the whole set at one point (laughs)
2: Yeah. And then they got, this is my favorite one. They got swarmed by a pack of bats.
1: I didn't hear that. Where? At the beach? Also at that beach? (laughs) Like as they 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 were doing,
2: yeah. And like, as they were doing the chant, a a swarm of bats came and hovered (laughs) over the set. Like they wouldn't leave. And they ended up having to leave the set because it was like dangerous. There was all these like rabid bats out hovering over everybody.
1: Well, see, it's also one of those stories where like you ask 10 of the people there and they all have one. So when I was watching the behind the scenes featurette, (laughs) they were all like, oh, my God, it was so crazy. You know, like the waves would come in and then Robin Tunney was like, I mean, that's what tide does it goes up and down like she was just like not into it at all the rest of the girls were like super into the witchy stuff and she's like I mean that's what happens when you go to the beach at night is like the tide comes in and like, she was know. just like not not having it she's like yeah there might have been a bat I don't know like what do you you know she just was not like giving into that story at all I'm it's picturing funny.
2: that like maybe two or three bats flew into somebody's face that was really dramatic and caused a giant commotion like i don't are- i can't fathom that a swarm of bats came and and hovered over the set and and <laughs> went up and down over everybody like it's just a, it's a lot
1: well also two or three bats is a, I mean that's enough to shake me up like if two or three bats came flying at me i that would freak me out especially if we were like shooting a scene where we were doing incantations let me ask you a question sure. how do you say the name of the the, the, the god that they pray to how do you I say s- his name? I say Mano okay so you, now say that again? Mano Men, so are you doing it with an L at the end? no how, the, you're just doing it Mano
2: yeah, Menol.
1: Okay. So I've listened to like a couple of different podcasts on this subject just out of curiosity <laughs> okay. because we've kept pushing this and I was like, oh, I want to listen to what other people have to say. Every single podcast they say this the name differently. Now, in my opinion, it's Menol with an okay. L. But then some other girls kept saying manon, which I'm like, that's not uh, that's not it at all. Well, it um, does it ends with an N. Does it end with an N? <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Because when they say it, they say it like <laughs> men all, men, all. men all.
2: <laughs> They say, I think it it ends with a silent N.
1: That's not a thing. <laughs> Can you imagine? My name's Christia and the N is silent. What the fuck? What? A silent N? When she's N? laying
2: on the ground and she's saying it over and over, like it, it's hard to tell at the beach, but when she's laying on the ground and she's like about to fuck Nancy up, She's saying mino, Minot." Mino. L.
1: That's an L. <laughs> oh this God. is like, whoa, this is like the dress, right? It's the dress.
2: <laughs> it's the dress.
1: Wait, I'm like, um,
2: girl, it's black and blue.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's white and yellow. <laughs> hold on. I'm, hold on. You When you just said it, it did not sound like there was an N at the end. Menon. You're not saying minon.
2: No, Minot. Minol. I'm saying mino. I'm saying I know like, you're not. No.
1: I know you are, but I'm saying they were saying Menon, but you're so you're saying that it's phonetically spelled with an N. Yeah. Based on what? The <laughs> like just the internet.
3: <laughs> well, it's
2: first of all, it's made up. The name is based on some other god, but they made it up. It's like it's based on another like god's name, but they call it in the movie Menon. Menon Menon.
1: I. I don't hear the end, so I'm I'm of the camp that I don't hear the end. And when people are saying Manon, I'm like, that's not it. It's either Manol, which you're saying, or Manol, but I don't hear that hard end at the end. But I guess if it's an invisible end, okay. Wait, I should get the script and then the script will tell us.
2: Wait, I'm literally YouTubing the pronunciation because there's a because she's like
1: it's Manol Manol. It could be an L or it could be a just an end of the you know Manol.
2: It'll play Manol Manol. No, I think that it really is Mano.
1: See, I hear an L when you say it. But it's not a real name, are they? They're saying Manana. It's like Monica's fake Amish name. To you names.com.
2: Wait, listen. Manana.
1: Menin. that's not it no we're not listening to her she's never seen the craft so. <laughs> <It's->
2: <laughs> microsoft michelle says that it's menin <laughs> all right
1: well Menen, it's menin but no i read um, that it
2: was based on some other god that has to do with like i for something about like nature it's like some nature god or something
1: right I, I guess this is just one of those things that we're all going to have to agree to disagree. I can't hear, I don't hear an N at the end at all. I'm with you with the Manal because when you say it, it sounds like how I hear it. Yeah. Whether it's an L or a no L, but
3: yeah.
1: all right, we can move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to yeah.
2: ask you what, like, okay, let's talk, let's like break down the girls actually like individually. Okay, great. Because I think they all kind of deserve their own shine. Sure right? Like, everybody always only talks about, like, Nancy. And she's great, but it's, like, you know, everybody's, like, first of all, let's just start with, let's start with Nev, since we've already kind of gone
1: there. Great.
2: First of all, I'm obsessed with the fact that in this movie, Nev is just, like, you know what? I have been bottled up and cooped up, and I've been nice and weird and quiet for so long. I don't give a fuck. I'm hot now. I want to get fucked. I want to flirt with boys. I want my boobs to bounce. I want my skirts short. I want my socks high. I want my nipples hard. Like that's her now. And I live.
1: I want that on my tombstone, Troy. Write that down.
2: That's my housewife's tagline.
1: Yeah, it really is so good. I want my tits out. I want my skirt short. I want my socks high. What is the last one you said? I
2: want my nipples hard. I want
1: my nipples hard. Boom, boom, boom. What else can you want?
2: I mean, honestly, it's, like, so relatable and, like,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> like
2: she's like, you know what I mean? Like, she's, like, it's, like, not every teenage girl is, like, covered in weird, unexplained scars. Um,
1: no, but we all have a version of that. Like, yeah. I was, like, a chubby kid, so I felt like I was covered in, you know, fat scars or whatever. Like, we all have our, our version of it. I had friends with acne and they felt, I mean, I think that, like, everyone can relate to the sentiment of feeling... Uh, disfigured you know deformed in high school and then um, yeah just one nice little treatment why didn't they anesthetize her
2: I don't know and I don't know if I've ever understood like do you why does she have the scars
1: she was in a fire growing up I think they say that Oh, they, they do. They, she was in like a gnarly fire, and that it like their her body is covered in scars, but it's not. The only part that has scars is her back and like a little bit of her arms, but right. none of this had scars. Like they should have gone further with the scarring. I feel like, like you know, so that when yeah. it came off, it was like a huge deal because she just covered herself up and then she just uncovered herself up. It was it didn't yeah. look like a huge, but yeah, I think that she was in a fire and then these treatments and then her so I don't know if you did this but when I was little I would take little like watching this movie and we would have like witch nights and we would take toilet paper and if you wet toilet paper and you put it on your skin it looks like your skin but then you can you can like rub it off Mm -hmm. and so and it would look like your skin was coming off so we used to play the craft and like do that on our backs like that is so
2: that's like really creative though (laughs)
1: it's fucking weird is what it is did you watch the pen 15 witch episode no <gasps> troy should there's I? a whole episode of pen 15 where they are in eighth grade and think that they're witches and it is so so accurate and just incredible yeah you should definitely do have you not watched that show
2: you know i've only watched like one episode and i, I like wanted to continue but i just like never it like never happened
1: Okay, well, if you if you don't want to watch the whole thing, at least go to the season two witch episode it's called like Wendy Vickney, Vendy Wickany. And they just become like convinced. And it's so accurate to how I remember feeling like I'm a witch now is once you decide that you're a witch, then everything that happens, you go like, well, I I did that. Like, I am all powerful. I made that happen. We are the most powerful witches in the world. And you start to really buy into the whole narrative. And I just feel like they captured this experience, the experience that we all had with this movie and other things of just feeling like in our power, in our witch power, they just nailed it. It's so good.
2: Yeah, especially because when this movie came out, it was like a real peak witchy moment. And uh, just to really quickly actually go back to the director, I don't know if you read read this on IMDb, but he had pitched this to like television networks. And they were like, "Yeah, we love it. Uh, we're gonna steal it."
1: <laughs> yeah, and so the they, song too.
2: Yeah, and the song. Like yeah. they stole everything and then just made Charmed, and like unapologetically, they were like, "Yeah, we fully stole that." Um,
1: Welcome to fucking Hollywood, man. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's <laughs> but it was so just dark. such
2: like a peak witchy time, and like because of that, like a lot of my friends would show up to school. With those, you remember when you would go to the books, that like when you would like Barnes and Noble and like, you know, like um, Borders and stuff. They had those like specialty teen books that were like fifty dollar books that came with things. Like if it was like a like a a friendship bracelet book, it like came with all the string and it came with the beads and it came with the the rubber bands. Like it had like equipment with it. Yeah, and I remember there being a real peak, or like when Titanic came out, there were all these like expensive titanic books for ke- for teens and when this movie came out there were a lot of like young witchy books like it was like here's my 65 five dollar barnes and noble exclusive teen witch spell book and it'll yeah. you know it'll like help me have whiter teeth or whatever it was like the dumbest shit in it but we took it very serious like oh yeah get it out on the plate like on the playground and was like let's fuck come on let's let's see what you can do girls
1: yeah, we would braid each other's hair into our friendship bracelets. <laughs> like, <No shit>. fucking, <laughs> like fucking gnarly. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? That's why you got to watch this. You have to <coughs> promise me that you'll watch the pen 15 episode because I think you'll just die. You'll die for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, sorry, we can go back to Nev, but I uh, I do think it's wild that he pitched the craft as a tv show and then they just stole it and stole the song (laughs) and then we're like we don't care yeah whatever
2: hope your movie does well um but yeah so that's i mean that's I, i can't think of anything else that i wanted to say about nev i do also think that it's like like nev in particular like i think it's very true to girl world that when nev and uh and what's the, other, what's the other girl's actual like movie name?
1: Rochelle.
2: Rochelle, uh, when they're presented with the idea of like good or bad witch, when they're like, we could follow the good witch and like actually use this power for something great or we can be crazy wild fucking renegades. It's like, of course, as a teenager, you're going to like, they like the way Nancy makes them feel. And yeah. you know, it's like, I love that scene in the ba- when Nev is in the backseat of the car when they're running red lights. And she's like, I've been ugly for so long. Like, fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm being reckless. Like, yeah, I want to.
1: Like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's not like um, Sarah presents any, any alternative. She's just like, this is bad. Like, let's not mm-hmm. do this. And she's not saying like, hey, I get it. You know, you can stay hot, but we don't have to also be, you know, killing sharks. <laughs> she just kind of is like, <laughs> she's just kind of like, you know, I don't like this, you know, right. and uh, she's scared, Sarah's scared. She's scared, and so she's scared, I have a friend named Sarah, and I, probably every time I see her, at some point, I end up saying, you scared, Sarah, you scared, <laughs> it's my favorite quote, it's my number one quote of this movie, I think, and there's a lot of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's like, she doesn't offer anything, like, yeah, like you said, alternatively fun, She's just like, let's not kill kill homeless guys that carry snakes.
1: Right. Um, Oh, speaking of that scene, I find it really bizarre that, so they run from downtown Los Angeles to like an overpass filled with homeless people and tents, and then just cozy on up to these random blankets that are likely just covered in shit and vomit and god knows what and i just was like what are you doing like you don't just go to an overpass and then cuddle into the blankets on the ground like what are you doing
2: (laughs) horrifying i've always i guess when i was little i thought that they like had an area they made up or something, but it's like of course they, they didn't
1: they do later when they get on the bus and they go and they have that adventure but at the beginning when they just run to the overpass it's like a freeway overpass you know <laughs> right. where there's like t- it's like tents yeah. it's just there's homeless people like with a bonfire behind them <laughs> and they just like ha <laughs> And then flop onto these, like, as if they're at, you know, Lilith Fair. And <laughs> it's like, what are you doing?
2: <laughs> In, like, tiny little skirts with
1: thigh-high socks.
2: And, like, yeah, it's like, okay, nipples hard. Like,
1: yeah, Snake Man is the least of your problems. You guys need to go the fuck home. Go back to Beverly <laughs> Hills.
2: Um, Let's talk about Rochelle. Let's talk about her. Because she's iconic and made me feel very yeah. seen as a little teenage gay boy. That's or like good. I said, a little, a, a preteen gay boy, I should say. Um, she's amazing. I think that she's so actually good. like comedically one of the greatest things about the movie.
1: I agree. I think she brings so much to it. And apparently she was like one of the first, she was the first person cast, which I thought was interesting. I guess they were seeing like all ethnicities, all girls, etc. And her initial thing was that she was that character was bulimic and so um blonde bitchy blonde girl christine taylor was gonna make fun of her bulimia but instead when they cast her he was like oh well we'll make this girl racist which like in a way is a good choice because it makes you hate her so much and you don't you you don't feel so bad that her hair is falling out (laughs) right and i wonder if she was just making like bulimia jokes if we would have the same like visceral reaction to her her evilness but it also is kind of like oh so her like that's her issue like there's nothing else that you know about her besides that she's black like you don't know anything about her family you don't know anything else so it's kind of like a mixed and I'm curious your thoughts about it but it's kind of like a mixed bag of like oh this is cool because it's making us hate this villain and it's interesting but also like that's the only thing that we know about her and that we like there is, I don't
2: know. Yeah, like she doesn't have like a, I mean, I guess she just sort of like, if all of these girls are supposed to represent this sort of like broader idea of what teenagers deal with, like, you, like we said earlier, like Nev's scars represent every insecurity that a, a young girl has. It's like, she, I, I guess would represent all of that. But also it is weird that she doesn't have any, there's nothing about her that's specific to her to her identity other like you said that she's just like a black girl that has a girl at school that's mean to her she's the only black girl at their school and that's her gig she's just a right. black girl at their school which I guess as a teenager and is relatable if that's the thing that you're dealing with you know what I mean
1: totally a lot of the things that I you know I don't want to say take umbrage with, but the things that I'm bringing up that I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. They are actually so so based in reality. Like, you know, all my best friends when I was in high school, they fucked me over too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is, that is what happened. But there's, there's a part of me that like is loves that it's showing that. And a part of me that's like, well, shouldn't we be showing this other thing? And so I'm always torn between those two things of like showing reality and showing it the way it is. And also kind of, the idealized version of reality and what it could be and what we should be teaching each other and blah, 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 but yeah.
2: Yeah, and I do, I will say that I love that they allowed Rachel True to just kind of like be whatever version of this character she wanted to be. She could have been like a neck winding, sassy, cliche black girl, like very easily, especially during this time, but she's not. Like I don't remember really seeing characters like her in other movies or tv shows during this time like even just the way that she delivers her lines like you don't really see in the 90s especially black girls who are yeah. allowed to just be like sort of dry and sarcastic and yeah you know have like a sort of like valley girl thing
1: Well, and she goes to school with these people. So it makes sense that they would all have a similar, like they all grew up together. Exactly. So it wouldn't make sense to have her do that. And yet in so many movies, that's the case. And it's like, but these people grew up in the same neighborhood. You know what I mean? We're not talking about like neighborhoods anymore. So why would that person have, you know, that? So I, I agree with you. I think that's like a wonderful choice. And I also think that it's nice that they didn't try to coerce her into doing it like that. And I think because the characters were all written kind of as as anything, like could be right. any, could be played by anyone. It's helpful because of that, um, that, you know, it's like they all get to just play people um, yeah. as opposed to some caricatures of people.
2: Yeah, and like, and I, I also, to be honest with you, I really, I don't know, there's something about her scenes. Like I really love, even though it's so like sort of surface, I do love the interaction between her and her bully.
1: Me too. Me
2: it's too. great yeah
1: because they almost have like a sexual tension there's like, something, there's like something yeah. there. there's something there and it's like really good to watch it's really fun to watch
2: I yeah know. and I love that she's like I also love that her name is Bo- her name is Bonnie right
1: the blonde yeah the blonde yeah
2: I'd be like well you're also like a young girl in high school with the name Bonnie <laughs> no shade to any Bonnie's listening but like that's you know it's like you come on
1: no wait, Bonnie is Nev Campbell. Oh,
2: she's just Bonnie. Realized.
1: Yeah, she's Bonnie.
2: What's or the shit. blonde girl's name? Uh,
1: Lizzie, Lizzie. something. Lizzie. L- it's a it's an LL, Laura Lizzie.
2: Laura, Laura Lizzie.
1: Laura Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Laura Lenny. The but name bon- <laughs> like Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah, it was
2: <laughs> The name what Bonnie Lizzy? always strikes me in this movie. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, a young teenage yeah. girl with the name Bonnie and just something about. Well, it's it Nev Campbell's
1: Bonnie, but I, I feel like Bonnie was actually a pretty common like '90s character name.
2: Yeah, it's very true. It's very lifetime.
1: Yeah, uh, I <laughs> love a Bonnie.
2: I guess I do love like I like when young girls have older women like older lady names. Me too. I think there's something very chic about that. Like my daughter's name will be Fran, whether she likes it or not. I love uh, that. <laughs> um, I do. I really do. Should we talk about Sarah? I would you consider Sarah to be like a final girl?
1: I mean, she yeah, yeah. And yeah. For the right? yeah, for this movie, she is definitely the final girl.
2: I think she's so I think she's so good at being our like navigation of this. All these events I love her
1: yeah she's a great she's a very strong character she never really she even though she's going along with stuff she always stands up for what she she has a lot of um self what's it called when you have um, self-awareness Well, yeah, but also like she's steadfast in who she is, even from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Again, like there's not a lot of arc. So she kind of starts that way and just is that way through the whole thing. And every time it gets out of hand, she's like, "Uh," like, even at the beginning, she won't steal the book. Um, I do think it's funny that they're like, do you want to come shopping? And she says, I don't have any money. And then when the girl's like, you should steal it. She's like, I have money. <laughs> I was like, oh my okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> so like
2: this $50 <laughs> straight from my bra. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. no, I think she does a good job. Like the character itself is very steadfast in who she is and self-actualized. Yeah. Maybe that's what I meant.
2: That's a good way to put for it. For a teenager. Yeah. And like, she's just insecure enough that feels relatable to a teenager who is maybe a little bit ballsy, but also insecure. Because yeah. it's like, she knows that she shouldn't be doing certain things and you can tell. And she's not like, she's not woe is me in, in a way that she could be if this was a really cliche teen film. You know, she's not, um, I don't know. I don't
3: know. a, a person. She's very
1: care. subtle. She's subtle in her depression. Yeah. It's like, I've lost my mom. We've moved to a new city. I'm rolling with the punches, but I still have like an inside darkness. She plays it very subtly where she's not like over emoting the sadness, right. but you can feel it behind everything she says, especially at the beginning. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, yeah, really well done.
2: And I think it that what you just said plays really well into the fact that she has natural witch ability and she doesn't yeah. really have to try. And Nancy's abilities are really, I mean, from what I gather and from what I've read about the movie is that their powers are more just them draining Sarah of her power like it's really just her power that they're just taking and you know Nancy's power is so showboaty and like over the top and like presented where hers is just sort of like like you said it's just sort of like she's like stoic almost
1: right well and I think that they feed off of her but they also because it's like the Harry Potter situation where he's got the magic right and Hermione is like more of the studious one but she's good at stuff because she's studious but So I think Nancy is kind of the Hermione in that way where she's like wants it so bad and is learning and doing the things and drinking the stuff. And, you know, she's like in taking it inside of her Mm -hmm. in a way that like um, Sarah is, you know, just sort of like, yeah, cool. I can, you know, dye my hair blonde, loves it. Yeah. She's like not freaked out about it. Yes. Wait, can we actually talk about her wig?
2: Are you kidding? You thought we were gonna do this and not talk about our way? Okay, words?
1: sorry, sorry.
2: Come on, it's. I
1: don't want to forget.
2: I mean, it is like I, I'm. First of all, I am obsessed with the journey. I've said it a million times. Everybody already knows what I'm gonna say. I'm obsessed with the journey of white women and hair, hair, uh, hair systems. In yes, yeah, from yep. as far back as I can remember, just this idea that it's like. If they're extensions you just literally tape in mermaid extensions that go down to your ass and it's fine don't
1: bother cutting them you know
2: it's like the practical magic moment where like they just have cascading just billowy down look.
1: to the floor <laughs> yeah. Just like well, and like your things. and like the color not matching. I mean, I had my own white woman journey with <laughs> extensions at the same time, where it was like, okay, so these, so I just clip them, and, and, and it's fine. On my skull, right? Yeah, this is Paris Hilton blonde, and I have like a strawberry. Okay, yeah, but no one will know. <laughs> no <laughs> one will know. It's just like they only came in like black, brown, and platinum blonde. Like yes. those were the only colors you could get back then. Um, Like the
2: most expensive extensions you could get being like beaded. Beaded extensions look bad. Well, they used to. I mean, they've had, they've come a long way, but like they used to literally be taking a big giant ass piece of hair and like basically stapling (laughs) it to your, your, your hair and letting it hang. (laughs)
1: Yeah. it's a. T- I mean, it's, look, we, it's a hard, it's a hard struggle. You have to understand, like <laughs> we're doing our best and I'm glad that I am glad that I, so the reason why Robin Tunney is wearing a wig in this movie is because she did empire records right before in which she right. famously shaves her head. I died for that movie. Mm-hmm. So she shaved her head. So she went, she went on the audition. She was like, her agency managers were like, they're not going to cast you with this like military boy haircut. And so they put a wig on her to screen tester, and they were like, "This works." And so then they so then they went with the wig, and like, thank God they did a wig and didn't try to tape in hair with her short hair, right. doing like the Britney
3: yeah
1: um, thing. So yes. I'm happy that they went for a wig, and they tried so hard to. Bl- I don't know why they didn't just do this and give her some bangs, but they tried to blend it up.
2: Well, they, they did give her bangs, but they're straight up in the air.
1: Yeah, they're but they're yeah, it's like the DJ Tanner thing. <laughs>
2: It's like, it literally is like they, it looks like they, they photoshopped the hair off of like a Lifetime movie mom and then photoshopped it on her forehead a little too low. And it's just, it's wild. So when they do
1: the, when she, when she turns it blonde, do you think that's just like a separate wig that they just attach the same wig and blonde? Or do you think, okay. Cause it also looks like the hair filters that we have now where you just click and you're like, I'm blonde now. Cause it's like. I couldn't tell.
2: It's one of those, um, first of all, it's a lace front and it's like a movie lace front though, which is different. It's like a different thing where it's like, you can literally see the imitation scalp. You can like, just, it's so, it's wild to me. I mean, even for the nineties, it was pretty bad. Like you said, they should have just put her in some fucking bangs.
1: It's really hard to get uh, like f- to get the blend for a white pr- white woman. I don't know why yeah. it's so much harder, but it's I don't know I can't figure out the signs but even today like in Gone Girl or something, you know, I mm-hmm. think most people don't notice the hair stuff, but it's all I ever look at. When I'm watching no. a movie, I'm obsessed with people's hair because I don't like mine, so I'm always paying attention to hair. Like Nicole Kidman wigs and this you know, like there's certain people that you know are always in a wig mm-hmm. and it's just like, um, I, I guess I'm, I guess I have no point, but it's, no, I just, get, I it's get unfortunate because I would love to be able to find a good wig that I could just throw on that looks like a better version of my hair and no one would notice, but it just, it's not possible for me. Not yet. The
2: thing is, it is possible, but the thing about wigs is that they take a lot of work. I think the difference is that for where we haven't, where white people haven't grown with hair uh, hair uh moments is that it always takes work no matter what. Like, even if you went and bought like a $3,000 wig that was like gorgeous, you still have to take it home and do a bunch of yeah. shit to it. You have to pluck at the roots to make it look like it's really hair growing. Cause nobody's hair grows as thick as hell. I mean, thick as hell, right? Yeah. Your hairline, it's weird. Yeah, You know, like you have to do some like- Well, the best moments. ones-
1: I have one that's kind of good too and it sits like a little further back so it's my hair in the front mm. and so then you can like take your own hair and you can kind of like yes. do it like that so you see your hair here and then right behind it is
3: <laughs> a fall pretty... that's a Kim moment
1: yeah. yeah that's well hers look terrible that's not a good comparison her new ones don't
2: her new wigs don't
1: you know who's always in a wig my friend she's a hairstylist told me christina hendrix christina hendrix has super thin hair and I've she's always that. in a wig every time you see her she's in like a fall or a wig or some kind of situation and her hair always looks great so we'll take we'll take tips from christina hendrix
2: there's a comedian that all, a female comic that also wears wigs kathy griffin <laughs> no, well kathy <laughs> but there's another uh i'll think of it before the episode before we i want to know there's a female comic who has really really who wears a fall because she's balding from like the scalp back
1: is she young or older
2: she's older oh because I
1: have this issue and I like I'm always like Janine (gasps)
2: Groffalo.
1: she does
2: Janine Groffalo has like no hair
1: I think of her as having hair like this
2: (laughs) iconic dark black iconic hair yeah
1: thick Thick. Italian hair yeah I'm shocked by that
2: She's has several hair systems.
1: I love to know that. The thing is, is I wish that this was more of a thing. And I don't think we're there yet. We have other, you know, problems to take care of. <laughs> but right. I do think that eventually, like, there does need to be an awareness with, like, women with thinning hair. Because anytime that there is one, they're secretive about it. They're wearing right. stuff. No one, no one is open about it. No one's open about, like, hey, look, I have shitty hair. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, blah, 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 blah. It's always a big, big secret. And I hope that one day we can, because I want to feel reflected. Like, I have thin, like, little girl hair, nor- you know, underneath this. And it just would make me feel so much more seen in the same way that, like, representation is important for everyone. There's no thin hair representation for women.
3: <laughs> no, it is. It's a weird <laughs> Literally it is a weird cut this thing. out. This
1: is terrible. <laughs> this is awful. I'm going to be like,
2: no it is a weird thing like hair systems are a weird thing why do you think I'm upset like it's the reason I look for it in movies I love it especially if I know that I'm watching listen to me if I know that I'm watching a movie from whatever year in the 90s to like the mid-2000s and I know that there's a haircutting moment I'm always waiting to see what are they gonna do just like uh like Sarah Michelle Geller and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Like she just has, <laughs> my literally my little pony hair. It is so thick. It looks like a helmet. It's down to her knees. And then it's wild. she gets her hair cut off in bed from like a psychopath and he cuts it into a bob.
1: Yeah. And then it's her normal hair and it looks yeah. nothing like the hair from before. <laughs> yeah. It's not
2: the same color, same texture, same, like nothing. 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 It's amazing. But no, yeah, the- <laughs> The wig is insane. And then they do this thing with her, with Sarah's wig in the movie where they take what would be like the pieces that frame her face. They take them. They clip them with uh, butterfly c- clips. They pull them back and they clip those two pieces in the back of her head. I don't know why, but it's her look the whole movie.
1: I used to do that too. That was a thing. You take was these. Yeah you, yeah, you take these. And you, I used to do, it was so bad at the same time, I would take my hair apart part it right in the center And I would take my little bangs and I would put a clip right there and a clip right there. Oh, but that's
2: (laughs) iconic though. That's iconic. That's coming back.
1: I hope not. That is not a good, no one wants clips like, they're like little um, antennas. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a cute place for a clip. (laughs) I really hope that doesn't come back.
2: They just give her such, for them to be such like cool, like like almost like, like, their fashion is so great, and they're all so, like, self-identifying. Like, they all have, like, their own little thing that, like, they do as far as, like, their style. They just gave her such a mom wig. It's, it's such a man picking out a wig for a young girl.
1: You're right. You're right about that. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do wonder why they went with that wig. But, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I probably didn't notice it when I was young.
2: Yeah, I don't think I did either. I don't know if I knew that it was a wig when I was younger. Honestly, I probably did because I was a little black gay boy that grew up at a hair salon. So like, yeah, I probably did know that it was a wig. Oh,
1: did you? Is your mom a hairdresser?
2: No, I just all, I'm like, I was so close to my mom that I always went with her to get her hair done. Went with her. Right, right, right. So for a really, really large portion of my life, like my Saturdays were at the hair salon.
1: Listening to Girls Gab and now, now look at you. I know. (laughs) Now what are you doing with yourself?
2: (laughs) listening to girls
1: gab (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um no the clothes wait just to touch on the clothes I will say that it's been like it wasn't hard for me to put this ensemble together today like I literally walk out of the house in like a white tank top and a plaid skirt and a little black sweater it's it's an aesthetic for me I still wear chokers come at me I don't care i love a catholic 90s witchy schoolgirl. it's like one of my oh, favorite yeah. aesthetics and it will never leave me
2: i think that it should also be stated that it's like they they like wear they wear yeah. uniforms in this movie loosely like yes it's the illusion of a uniform it's the aesthetic of a, a uniform but they can just do whatever they want with it the nuns are very cool and they can just wear they can wear their uniform however it can be as short as they want like when nev comes back to school when her scars are gone her skirt is like full on like ambiance store for lovers like it's like right under her ass her
1: tits are out
2: yeah her tits are out and she's got like they're not knee high socks they're thigh high which is a different thing they're like garter socks (laughs) <laughs> like they they
1: all i feel like they all wear an over the knee sock right like no one's wearing totally, the yeah. shorter knee socks aren't really sexy it's the over the knee that is yeah. the the sweet spot yeah, yeah you're right it's a very lackadaisical <laughs> catholic school <laughs> catholic private school in beverly hills that doesn't exist and like did they ever explain how nancy even why is nancy in that school is she super smart she got like a scholarship
2: it makes no like does she park a her that that like trailer at the school where is she going
1: that's the thing there's nowhere that you would live that would be like the way the school system works here like I mean not to be like realistic about it but it just makes no sense to go to like a private you'd have to have I mean she's probably on a scholarship we'll just go with that maybe she's really good at science
2: (laughs) because all of the girls I mean we don't see Nev's house but we do see uh Rochelle's house and like I mean we don't get to see a whole lot of it, but she's got a big, giant, gorgeous. The front rest door. of them
1: I all buy as being rich. It's yeah. Nancy that we know is you know living in a trailer, and where I mean, there's not like a trailer. The only trailer park here is in Malibu, and it's like a million dollars to get a trailer. So I don't know what trailer park she's in that she's able to go to that school. But
2: let's also now let's talk about let's really like talk about uh, Nancy for a second here because okay, I wrote in my notes that one of the things that I really like about Nancy's character is that for one thing, and I think this is just like a testament to how great she is as an actor, like, you could tell that she found a way to sympathize with Nancy as a person, and it shows, and it's like, first of all, it makes complete sense that she is the one that becomes super power crazy because she is the most to lose and the most to gain. Like, Her life is fucking miserable. Her stepdad is a creepy fucking, seems like pedophile. Uh, Her mom is a drunk. They're poor. They live in that trailer. You know, like her life sucks. And it adds so much to her character that you do kind of, you feel really genuinely bad for her. Yeah. And And you you feel genuinely
1: happy for them when they get that money.
2: Totally. And you know that she's just like completely like, she's misunderstood and nobody, nobody like, nobody wants to like try and figure her out. Everybody's terrified of her. So yeah. she just kind of goes through life alone and then her mom is an alcoholic. Like, I just, I don't know. I love, I love Nancy too.
1: Well, and I'm obsessed with that mom, number one. Ugh, like, obsessed iconic. with the Connie Francis jukebox. I want yes. one myself. That'll be like my number one <laughs> rich person purchase. <laughs> but no, I'm like, I love her mom. But also I think it's interesting that, you know, she, when they first talk about um, Sarah liking Skeet and she's like, he gives diseases, which led me to believe that like her and Skeet had a sexual relationship and he gave her like, you know, something, herpes, the clap, gonorrhea, whatever. Um, You know, there's like, there's so much, there's so much rich backstory there that, why I wish that they had bought the TV show because I would have loved to see more of Nancy's life, Nancy's life before... Sarah gets there Nancy and her mom's like you know her mom was clearly a single mom and met this drunk guy and then he right. started beating on her but they're stuck together and you know it was just like I just feel like that was the most character development that anybody had in that whole movie even Sarah who's supposed to be our protagonist like right. I know that her mom killed herself I know that your dad is away on business and you live in a cute house you know? That's, yeah. like, what I know. And I just feel like they gave so much more to Nancy's backstory. I'm, like, fascinated by all of it.
2: Yeah, and, like, she just, her character could have been so flat and so, like, one-sided. And even when she's being mean and maniacal and psychotic and, and like, scary, there's still this weird, like, <laughs> like, almost, like, sort of childlike vulnerability to her that's, like, sad. Like, when she's screaming at uh at that guy and he like pushes her off of him and she like goes straight into like fetal position and like like, she's like and then she gets crazy like it's very layered you know what I mean
1: I yeah totally I I and I think that it I think that she's given a lot to work with but I also think she took that and ran with it like she really made it her own and I think that once they cast all these girls they made like it's they did a smart thing where they didn't just cast people and then force them into whatever they had in their minds. They like mm-hmm. cast people and then they let the the material kind of grow around each person in a way that I thought was really well done. They don't always and now they're better at it, but back then I feel like they sometimes like would waste people, you know, like you have yeah, this amazing totally. actor and you're like forcing them to do this sort of stock performance, but look at like just let them do what they do. And so I feel like they really embrace these actresses and like let them do what they do. And Nancy a hundred percent, you know, Faruza Fariza just brings this energy like everywhere it's, she goes. It's <laughs> like, like
2: this like this fucking manic intensity that's just like, and then she's like has the nerve to be really funny sometimes. You <laughs> How know? <dare> you? <laughs> <laughs> she's fucking hysterical like any hysterical. all of the scenes of her and her mom fucking kill me when they like go to their their like penthouse for the first time yeah. and uh her mom is like flailing all over the apartment and she's like girls why don't we have like a house warm warming party yeah. <laughs> she like slams the door in her face
1: it's so real too I mean that is how you were to your you know you're just horrified by your parents yeah. whether they are or are not horrifying you're horrified and I just feel like yeah it was just such a great I feel like that put me right back into going to friends houses in high yeah. school and their mom is being like because also the same thing happens at a at the sleepover when yeah. uh whose house are they at? they're at they're- Campbell's house right yeah. and her mom comes in like with towels and she's like what are you doing you know and it's just the same kind of thing of like we're we're busy like yeah. get out of here
2: and she's like are you smoking pot
1: and That's she's right. like no mom <laughs> god uh, only like cigarettes it's really yeah <laughs> there should be more cigarette smoking in this movie if you ask me <laughs> the
3: 90s
2: there should be more cigarette smoking in every movie if you ask me i agree <laughs>
1: um yeah i i really do i I love the like this small little bit of parent you get in this movie is just classic classic (laughs) parenting across the board
2: I love too when they're at the apartment and Nancy like she's like laying on her couch she's like this couch I had to buy it I had to I saw it and I (laughs) said I have to buy it and Nancy like walks up (laughs) behind her and she's like in the back of her head she has no idea because she's drunk off of whatever brown liquor is in that glass (laughs)
1: <laughs> whatever brown liquor Oh, <laughs> uh, so good and the soundtrack i mean oh
2: god the get soundtrack here. good lord it's good so good god like it's like almost unimaginable to even to try and like make sense of what the impact this movie like the impact that this movie had on youth culture when it came out it's unimaginable yeah,
1: Well, can you are you are you near a computer what year did hot topic begin because i feel like This Usher, like, I feel like this movie is responsible for Hot Topic. I mean, you know, like, that's an amazing point. Was Witchy Goth cold? Like, was it a thing yet at this point? I'm trying to think, like, what else was like, I mean, Marilyn Manson, I feel like, is after this. Like, I'm just wondering, as far as the Hot Topic goes, I feel like it probably syncs up.
2: So Hot Topic was founded in 88, but who knows what it was when it first started, though? You know what I mean?
1: Right, right, right.
2: And this, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it's different because this is like, like you said, like, this is a very specific kind of, it's so 90s. It's like such a specific kind of witchiness. Because, like, if you think about all the other witchy stuff that was on, none of it is like this. I mean, Charmed isn't like this. Sabrina obviously isn't like this. You know, all of the other 90s era witchy things, none of them feel the way that this feels. Like this, this is like a, a timeless, this, this movie created a timeless aesthetic.
1: You're right. It's, I mean, when you're right, you're right. Troy, like this is the most legit of the aesthetic that yeah. for me, but I wonder if we just feel that way because we were of age. Like, I wonder what a different generation would say is their ideal witchy aesthetic. You know what I mean? But I feel like this one lives. This lives on. I would see girls dress like this on the corner at the Catholic school up the street. I feel like girls are still dressing like this.
2: Totally. I think like if you asked like a Gen Z person what their idea of like sexy witch means, it would be more this than like Elvira or something. I think
1: it it would be like Lana Del Rey honestly it would be like the love did you see the love witch yes it just looks like a lana del Rey (laughs) music video but i feel like that's probably like what they think of right like i guess you're right and like lana which like like, coven also praise oh yeah and coven
2: you know Uh, yeah they would think like long black maxi dresses and like really cool hats
1: and big hats oh wait speaking of hats Wait, where is it? So my friend just got me this and it's too big to like really make an impact, but it's like a, it's like a knit. Oh, it's chic!
3: Oh my God. It's I love so, it.
1: It's so cute. It's like my new favorite thing. Oh, it's wear. good. It's
2: good with those bangs.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll keep it on, but you can't see my background, but anyway. Um, yeah. I, I do wonder if that's the case. And I did some research about witches and culture and I found interesting that like the witch stuff is always at the height of like a women's resistance movement oh, so cool. like the first introduction of a witch that wasn't disgusting and scary is the wizard of oz and glinda the good witch is the first light witch that's ever been in the media and that was in 1939 so, he, so basically, like, they invented the idea of a pretty witch, a good witch, a witch as a protagonist, oh. even though she's not the protagonist. But that was, like, the beginning of it. And then... Here, wait, let me see. So then in the 60s, there was a big upsurgence where you have Bewitched, the TV show, which is the first protagonist witch ever, is yeah. on Bewitched. And that was... And so, okay, so this is an interesting fact that I found. So Bewitched, in 1968... A group of women formed an organization called WITCH, Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell. <laughs> and we got, got small covens all over the country who organized to hex male male-dominated, male-dominated organizations and groups, including Wall Street. So like in the 60s, that was like the first time that women were like, hey hey girl, let's get together and do some hexes on some powerful ass white men. And I thought that was amazing. And that's then iconic. the next, so that's like first wave feminism is in the 60s, right? And then in the 90s, which people consider to be second wave feminism, you've got you know all of the things that we love the most. Sabrina, Charmed, Buffy, Hocus Pocus, Practical Magic. Witches of Eastwick was the 80s. Teen Witch and the Witches were also the 80s. Um, and then the third oh sorry the second wave of feminism was the 60s the third wave is the 90s and it also um, correlated with the Anita Hill Clarence Thomas stuff so it was like every time something is happening in culture where women are like hey we have a voice you know like what's up is when the surgence of which media comes up and now again with me too it's like Sabrina and all the other shit that's happening now all the remakes of this shit that was in the 90s
2: yeah and like yeah I mean I guess like to circle back like it I guess that does make sense because especially now I mean if you think about it now like Gen Z is so just like militant and like ready to fucking rumble with whoever is coming for them whoever is coming for their rights they're ready to fucking slit throats and it's like you know if if young people being indoctrinated into feminist ideas happens with witches, like that makes complete sense then.
1: Yeah, That's and cool. it always syncs up. And there was a there's a movie in the forties. So in the forties and the fifties and stuff, there was a couple of different um, witch stuff. There was one called "I Married a Witch" and one called "Bell Book and Candle." But they're all. They were always using witch to like using magic to trick men, <laughs> and then yeah. the moral of the story would be like, "Oh, you care more about love than you care about magic, and you'd have to pick, you know, love over magic." Right. And then, of course, that stopped being the narrative. But that was like the beginning of the witch narrative, um, as far as them being protagonists and stuff, which I think is just super interesting. Um, there was also this tidbit. So, Wizard of Oz, as I said, was the first. Um, like light witch that was ever right. in media. And uh, Frank L. Baum, who wrote the Wizard of Oz book, um, his mother-in-law wrote a feminist manifesto called Women, Church, and State, where she said, quote, the witch was in reality the profoundest thinker, the most advanced scientist of those ages. She said that their intellect intimidated the church, and that's what made them be vilified in that time period. And so um, her name was Matilda Gage, and he married her daughter. So she was his mother-in-law and people say that Glinda was based on Matilda Gage. So he was like the first person to ever show that side of female stuff. And he was super into equal rights. And he wrote like all these pro suffragette editorials for the, um, for different publications and stuff. And he thought that wizard of Oz was like a feminist manifesto, um, which is interesting. I mean, I think that the book itself is a little bit more, into that than what right. the movie became. But I do think it's really interesting that like this guy that gave, you know, popularization to witches was doing it from this place of, you know, being a feminist and like wanting equal rights and wanting women to feel, you know, yeah empowered.
2: I that makes so that much something. sense. That's because I mean, I guess that that makes sense because it, that's what it's rooted in.
1: Totally. Wow. Well, and even in The Wizard of Oz, I, I just recently watched The Wizard of Oz and, and when glinda first says you know are you a good witch or a bad witch to dorothy and she goes i'm not a witch like witches are old and ugly and horrible and glinda's like well i'm a witch and she's like Well, i've never seen a beautiful witch before and it's just kind of like it's wild to think about that being a thing back then you know right. like oh i've never seen a witch that didn't have like a big fucking you know boil on her green face right you know it's just like amazing
2: was this your, like, what was, I guess, your, like, was this your introduction into witchy stuff as a kid, or did you?
1: No, I, well, my mom is pretty witchy, and, like, was, she has a couple degrees, and one of them is in theology, and so she would, like, teach me about all of this stuff, and yeah. so we were, like, a big, we were, like, big into manifestation, and big into candles and, you know, uh, herbs and spells and stuff, not in like a super serious, like we're Wiccan way, but just in a curious, um, you know, regular chill way. (laughs) But so it wasn't my first introduction, but I do think that it came right at the time in my life that I would have gravitated towards this stuff anyway. I feel like no matter how old you are, um, no matter what time it is, when you're like 13, you are, if you're a girl or a sweet little gay boy or whatever the fuck, you're like into this shit. Totally. You know, I don't think straight boys are as into magic and stuff, but they should be.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. I th- and I think that it's because in that Vulture article, they describe it as um, like as a teenager, as a, a teenager who feels, you know, repressed. It's like, that sort of anger like that rage that you carry around all day even in your chill moments like even in moments where you're just like hanging out like you're still like full of fucking rage and it can pop off at any moment like you know case in point like just your parents saying the wrong thing to you at the wrong moment like you just lose your shit and have breakdowns you know out of nowhere and it's, like, witchy stuff kind of helps. Like, to see witchy girls, especially witchy teenage girls in a movie like this, not give a fuck and, like, yeah, not really, like, not care, but just, like, to take all of that and turn it into something and, like, you relate to it, it's powerful. It's powerful. It, it makes you feel
3: things.
1: It makes you feel like you can do things that are beyond your means, and I think that when you're a teenager, you're so stuck in whatever your parents or do whatever is happening, you know, you have no control of your life. So it's the most appealing to people that I think, um, feel that way, whether you're a teenager yeah. or not, but like, I think all teenagers feel that way regardless. And I mean, I definitely did like, did you do spells and stuff? I mean, I used to like yeah. take, um, uh, you know, pictures, uh, you know, like you'd cut out the school pictures. Oh, yeah. and oh, have yeah. them. So I would take like a boy that I liked in my picture and I would. Put them together and bind them. Yeah, bind them, Nancy. Yes. <laughs> and I would bind them and then put them like in my underwear drawer, and that was supposed to make them fall in love with me and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah, totally we did, worked.
2: We did spells. We would do spells at school. Like we would like go to like I would be like, bring your fucking books tomorrow, ladies, and let's get fucking nuts on the playground. Like we would do spells for sure, and we would do au- spells.
1: How often did you try to balance a pencil on its head and feel really disappointed at yourself that you couldn't do it? (laughs) More
2: than I could ever explain to you. Like, what I thought my mind was capable of as a kid is, like, insane. I know. And, I mean, obviously everybody has, like, their light as a feather, stiff as a board story and, like, moment. And, like, I remember being younger and, like, there were always rumors that, like, so-and-so got it to work. So then it would like make you think that you could be one of the people that really did get it to work because some kid from a a school, another school district knew a girl that it worked for or whatever, you know?
1: Right, yeah. But I always wanted to be the Nancy. I mean, I'm sorry, not the Nancy. I wanted to be the Sarah. I wanted to be the natural witch that Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not even trying. And I can just like, yeah, make a pencil float on my desk. I mean, I'd say every single day I tried to balance a pencil on my desk.
2: Totally, absolutely. I think I honestly just I was like I probably wanted to be Nev like as a little young gay boy that like couldn't as a young gay boy who was like sexually repressed because I couldn't I had crushes on everybody around me but like couldn't act on any of them I probably related again you know it's like you take these yeah. little things that are going on in this movie and you can expand them to so many like broader topics but yeah I related to that of being like you know she's like surrounded by all these boys that she she's clearly fucking horny i mean the minute nev gets hot she's like horny for everybody
1: yeah yeah she's like what's up (laughs) Brecken?"
2: i I love when she walks by that like the guy with like the long permed ponytail and she's like cute butt
1: (laughs) i thought she says that to Brecken. does she say to the other guy
2: you know she says it to the guy at nancy's apartment (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Like, what? literally, a nice ass. Yeah.
2: Michael Bolton <laughs> walks by.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I feel like I'm channeling tonight. I feel like I'm channeling Bonnie vibes, like tits out, like, what? You yeah. A nice ass. Like, it is very it. Bonnie. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's just so good. There's so many things about this movie that make me so happy. I'm, um, I was so happy to rewatch it. I'm excited. What do you feel? What are your feelings about this new craft that's coming out like next week or whatever?
2: I don't have high hopes yeah. to be honest. I really don't.
1: Well in the trailer when like their hands start glowing and stuff, I'm like, yeah. no, because one of the beautiful things about this movie is like when they do use CGI, it's very real. Like there's nothing like, crazy it's not a wild magic it's like a very rooted in reality magic Mm -hmm. and I like that about it and so this new version if their hands are gonna start like glowing orbs and shit I don't know about that
2: I agree like so much of what makes this movie great like you said is that it is rooted in something that feels real and so much of like it's so much about nature yeah and like natural elements and you know wind and and things like that it's like in animals yeah i don't want to see people i yeah i i i don't i don't have high hopes i really honestly i don't have high hopes for many remakes at this point i feel like they're just like
1: yeah well sometimes i'm happy about it because i'm like yes, this is a good story and you can do a lot with it with the technology now or something like that, but this isn't really a movie like that. So if they were going to do it, I almost would have preferred they do a show where we could get like more of Nancy and her mom or, you know, whatever. I agree. Um, But it's hard like 20 years later to make a reboot, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. I have some, sometimes I'm like happy about a remake. I get excited about it, but it usually always disappoints me.
2: Yeah, especially a movie like this that has so much of a strong, I mean, even still like this has such like a strong sort of like Tumblr aesthetic. You know, there's so many young girls that still want to look like these girls and yeah, still use memes and shit from this movie. And <clears throat> I don't know. I just feel like it's too I don't know. Like unless they were going to take it and do something completely like change the entire sort of like feeling and, and like if this was like uh the craft meets like euphoria it would feel more relevant to me for like right now if that makes sense right
1: yeah yeah
2: it, it feels like they're just gonna try and like recreate
1: it's it does feel like from the trailers it does feel like that but i do i mean i like zoe lister jones i think that's interesting that she's the one like helming it so that right. gives me some hope that at least there's like a a woman presence because there's clearly not in the original yeah. but um yeah i i agree and i also think that like I don't know teenagers now it's such a recycle culture like they watch friends you know like they watch the same shit that we watch so what is their like as a like unless unless it's social media what is their thing that they have that is specific to this generation that isn't just making jokes about um snapchat and stuff you you know what i mean because they dress like they're in the 90s yeah they're, they're they're all their culture is like our same culture so it's just yeah. sort of, they don't seem to have like their own thing outside of social media. I mean, I guess Euphoria is a good example of that, but like.
2: Yeah, but even that though, Euphoria is all feel, recycled. It feels 90s. Yeah, it's like yeah. very 90s and very like early 2000s. Like, it's like, it's this generation's thing is that they recycle.
1: Right. That's like right. their Which thing. I think is cool. That's great. But like, I just don't know how you remake a movie for teenagers now that was made yeah. in the 90s when they would just rather watch the 90s version <laughs> like, that, I don't exactly know.
2: you just perfectly yeah, yeah. summed up what I was trying to say like yeah. these, these <laughs> kids want to look like the kids from the original right. they want to be them right. still. they're still right. very relevant
1: well and even in euphoria which I actually haven't watched all of but I do know that like the one girl dresses like Alabama from true romance like it's a lot of yeah. our references. So it's kind of like so what do we do besides adding social media? Like what do we do to make this? I wouldn't even know how to how to update the craft. I mean, if cuz I'm a writer, so if someone's like, "Hey, do you want to do the craft?" I'd be like, "Oh, fuck, yeah." But yeah. then I would take the job and then I'd be like, "Wait, I have no like what am I doing? <laughs> what do I, I do? Know.
2: Yeah, like yeah, how do we make know. this different?" And like yeah not to say that like I don't know why I keep bringing up euphoria it's not like the direct but it's like the no thing but I think I, that's
1: a good reference point for something that's like well done that's for teenagers
2: now right like I think the thing about that show that's so great is that it celebrates what we're talking about instead of trying to like like it celebrates the fact that these are all kids that grew up you know having like a sort of like uh, how do I explain this like they didn't grow up in the early 2000s but they grew up idolizing the early 2000s in a way that feels almost like obsessive and all of those kids are like a representation of that unapologetically yeah you know like even them showing like their Halloween costumes were unapologetically like yes we are all Tumblr kids who just have looked at pictures of Britney and Justin for so long and you know what I mean like that's our gig they're not like even trying to hide from it or run from it
1: but I will say at the same point I I had read or something the girl that dressed up as Alabama on euphoria had never seen that movie. So it's like, are we just a, are we as 30 somethings writing these stories for these yeah. young kids based on our references that they actually don't. Cause that girl, I was like, I didn't even know what that was. Like, now if you Google Alabama, you get pictures of that girl in costume. Oh, you know Christ. what I mean? Like, so she didn't know what that was. And so part of me is like, so are we just like forcing this agenda? Like, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't, I think it's both maybe.
2: It's like chicken or the egg kind of thing.
1: But we also remember when we were young, they were like remaking, you know, Dukes of Hazard into a movie with Jessica Simpson and stuff. And I didn't watch Dukes of Hazard, but the writers who were writing it were, our, you know what I mean? So it's the totally. same kind of- like they remember they remade they remade Starsky and Hutch they remade yeah. that they remade the Addams Family they remade all the 70s shit when we were young and so I guess it's just all the same same I know <laughs> I always
2: try and remind myself of that I always try and remind myself of the fact that when we were young there was a 70s revival and it was big 60s
1: and 70s yeah the mod squad
2: mm-hmm. yep. yeah and angels. like you know like all of our our club I'll never forget one of my like most vivid memories in high school was like the first week of school. We had this teacher that we used to make fun of because she, this is so sad, she was obsessed with the eighties because it was like, you know, 10 years later and she like couldn't, she couldn't get out of it in the way that we can't get out of it. And, I, and we were all just like, oh my God, like she's so weird. And I remember one of the first weeks of school, everybody, all of the girls showed up wearing giant flares you know, like big, huge, yep. like tight at the thigh, big at the, yep. like bell bottoms. We she used was- to make
1: our own. You'd take your jeans and you'd cut them up the side and then you'd sew in extra fabric to make really big bells. Yes,
2: with like a different <laughs> shade of <laughs> denim. Yep, exactly. Yes. And she was like, God, like in my, when I was in high school, like we hated bell bottoms because it was too much like the seventies and we loved everything to be really skinny and really tight. And we were like, Oh, that's weird. You're like, you know, yeah. like, we couldn't like wrap our minds around shoulder it.
1: pads. Yeah. And now I'm her. Yeah. I'm yeah. Her. Like, except, her. Except they have, but they have an appreciation in a way that we, cause it's always like a 20 year thing. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, they had an appreciation in the way that like, I look at mid 2000s as just like oh my god please don't ever bring back like a sparkly lipstick (laughs) and like a butterfly clip and a low-rise jean like to me that's horrifying but that's about to come back they love they that's that's when we'll be her because right now they're into our vibe but in a couple of years it's gonna be like yeah the atrocious early 2000s like low-rise everything i used to wear a big chunky belt around my hips every day, you know, like of course, that kind of shit. To. you have to. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those weird things. I, I, my mom was the same. My mom is like such an eighties. Like she used to go to studio 54 and do blow. And you know, like that was her, she was all about the eighties. And so same kind of thing where I remember being really into the sixties and seventies and her being like, Ew, you want to wear like polyester shirts and I was yeah. like yeah, babe, yes. you know yeah. I do. but then but then 10 years later I'm you know in, in a shoulder pad and she's proud of me so who, who know who can keep up <laughs>
2: it's funny because it's like I always say that the early 2000s the thing that we didn't know about the early 2000s when we were in it was that it was almost like the second 80s because there actually weren't any rules and it's like you're right back I you know I thought that there were rules and I and I felt like we all felt like there were rules. But looking back, it's like, what the fuck were the rules?
1: Because- There were no rules. And it was a lot of, it was like a big resurgence of drug. Like instead of in the 80s, everyone was on cocaine. In the early 2000s, everyone was like on ecstasy. You know, like it was the same kind of party culture. Hold there the was like celebrities uncensored before TMZ. And it was like Perez Hilton and it was Paris Hilton. And it, there was like this- electric like party energy that yes. felt very, very that's a very good observation Troy. i think you're you think you nailed the fucking nail on that you nailed the nail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a nail nailer <laughs> you are
2: well i could to be completely honest keep talking to you for five more hours like this episode has it, it has it runs the risk of being seven hours
1: is it how far are we how long have we gone
2: Mm, i don't know i mean we started at it's got to be at least an hour and a
1: half oh good i'm proud of us i mean i feel like we pretty much went through all our accents uh, sorry all of our my notes but we didn't mention the canadian accents that i really do want to discuss really oh nev's (laughs) accent oh my god it's not just her it's faruza too they're all saying sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry it's so so much sorry it's so many Canadian accents in this movie that takes place with Los Angeles teenagers. And it's like wigs and accents of plenty.
2: Navga was a really good story when she's in the backseat of the car. And she's like, she's like, I've been ugly my whole life. Sorry.
1: Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. I guess that was all I wanted to say about it, but I did <laughs> want to acknowledge the fact that like there was so many Canadian accents. Cause like Skeet too. Oh, also Skeet, look. Skeet is a hottie, okay? I'm like down to fuck some skeet in screen. Oh, yeah. But That's in this movie. movie, I'm not interested. Are you?
2: Well, no, but it's like, come no. on. In Scream, he's like, he's literally giving you like an off-off Broadway production of Johnny Depp. Like it's like brooding, and he's like talking like this, and he's got like a black eye. Like, uh, yeah, licking his thumb. Yeah, like in this, is a dopey heist. He's a dopey idiot.
1: Did he have his teeth fixed between two movies or did he get his teeth fixed after because his teeth are very like alarming in this movie in a way that I don't remember them being in scream. But maybe he just didn't like emote as much in scream. I
2: think that it's that he just didn't emote as much in scream. He's always brooding. There's like no moment in that movie where he smiles.
1: That's true. Um, I was gonna say one more thing sure i I have tarot cards here. do you want to pick a card?
2: Yes yes don't ever ask me again
1: Just do you like, want do you do you want to do the dolly tarot or do you want to do um the fairy oracles? Uh, do you want a fairy card or yeah, a I want dolly a, tarot card I want the, fairy a, the, fairy, the fairy cards are great. The other day I was feeling <laughs> stuck and I was like I'm gonna pick a fairy card and I picked it and it gave me like the best answer Oh, uh, so, watch
2: you like literally you're gonna like it's gonna be like a a man cloaked in black (laughs) holding a knife
1: (laughs) like you must watch nothing but horror movies for the rest of your life and you're like no problem (laughs) thanks okay so what I want you to do I don't know how to do this with you on the phone or on the thing but okay so just tell me tell me when to stop
3: okay
2: you going now
1: okay so yeah stop okay so you got letting go.
2: Ooh, okay.
1: Try. Okay. So I'm gonna explain it. Hold All on. Right,
2: please.
1: Letting and I just opened right to it. So that's a okay. good sign. Card meaning. You aren't receiving positive results because you're struggling too much to solve the problem. By letting go, you're opening yourself up to a miraculous resolution. Problems are caused by human thinking and action. That's why problems aren't solved by additional human thinking and action. When we think hard or struggle to resolve a crisis, things can actually get worse. By drawing this card, you're being asked to stop the human struggle. Stop thinking about the problem since a focus on negativity can manifest even more negativity. Say aloud or silently, I am willing to surrender this situation to my creator right now. <laughs> to Menon. to Menon. I am willing to, willing to surrender this situation to mental by affirming this statement. You're able to intervene. They're able to intervene on your behalf. You will instantly feel relief and will be gratified to see how easily and natural this situation resolves itself. Your affirmation is I am willing to surrender this situation to mental. When I let it go, everything turns out perfectly.
3: Wow.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's for you specifically so you just need a soul search
2: listen uh, oh that's a little it's like I'm like now I'm uncomfortable
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what I'm here to do Troy Um, no because that's
2: who I am like I literally am like when I'm stressed out and I've been really stressed out recently I obsess and you know I, I like all I do is think about it I think about it morning noon and night it's like all I do is obsessively think about how to fix the thing and it just makes that is it worse
1: the perfect card for you
2: oh my god and I'm... you
1: have to just surrender to mental <laughs> and just say I you know what I'm riding the fucking roller coaster whatever it will be will be um but what do they say in this movie it's not blessed be it's a. What's the other one? God damn, I had such a good thing to say and then I lost it on my brain because I've had three modellos.
2: Wait, when do they say it?
1: Uh they say like is do they say blessed be in this? Yeah,
2: because she does say blessed be after they drink okay. the drink the blessed, blood. Blessed be. Blessed be blessed be kitty girl
1: i did bleed into this modello so you know it's legit
2: (laughs) (laughs) i did i you guys i watched her prick her thumb and bleed into it so
1: (laughs) i did i bled into my drink don't worry we're all up on up here
2: well thanks for uh reading my tarot
1: yeah well i just felt like you might need a little card and i think that was the right one so go ahead and take that in
2: that was really perfect that
1: was a perfect way to end the episode the thing that's funny is like i never do these and then randomly i'll just get like a ping like go 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 get a card like go pick a card and i'll pick a card and it's always fucking exactly what i needed like you know and i, yeah. I don't do it often i should do it every day but anyway will you
2: send me a screenshot of or will you take a picture and send me the card Not yeah, right now but I just will. whenever
1: yeah i will let me what was it again <laughs> letting go letting go let it go, let it go. <laughs> i will it's a. it's a girl like look at look at her she's like yeah. she's, oh she's like in her power oh this isn't working anyway i'll send you a picture she's like
2: giving full interpretive dance she's
1: like yeah she's like beyonce You yeah, yeah she's like letting it go up to men all
2: well christina tell people where they can follow you on the internet if they want
1: oh my god follow me on the internet um i'm christina laskay christina ch with the ch Christina, and then Lasky, laskay l-a-s-k-a-y at instagram.com oh my god so nice.
2: her, her, her blog spot is yeah, my, my
1: tumblr <laughs> um, no yeah christina laske is my instagram i don't post much anymore lately i've just been like i don't know if you look at my stories but i've just been like regurgitating other people's art lately because it's all i can think it's like all i feel like the world needs is just like yeah. weird trippy art that i like
2: We're all just reposting a lot of really random shit because we got nothing to do.
1: Yeah, well, and even when I think like, oh, I'm going to do like a story of myself, I'm just like, you can't do that right now. Like, you can't do that. Like, no one wants to see your dumb fucking face. Like, nobody cares, you know? Like, this is not the time.
2: Listen, I'll tell you that I would like to see your face, but I do applaud you for the restraint because not everybody has it. And I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can read a room. So I'm just like, I'll be back here. Please vote. Everyone, please vote. If you haven't voted, just go ahead and vote.
2: Christine, I love you.
1: I love you so much. This was
2: so (laughs) much fun. Thank you so much for doing this with me.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
2: Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McKeely, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at Dunzo Pod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.
0: 18- us.